What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast. And today we're coming at you with a tribute episode. We're doing it a little out of sync. This is a, a one-off. Yeah. But because we first started doing these tributes last June for the Wu-Tang Forever album, yep. we didn't really think about the albums that came prior to that in 1997. Right. And the big one, the yeah. big one, released March 21st. I believe so. 1997 is the sophomore LP, the double LP, the hip-hop classic from the notorious B.I.G. Rest in peace. Life after death. This is a really important album. Um, initially, when I, I think I had proposed it and I was like, we could do like a 21st you know, yeah. anniversary. And you were like, nah. Like, <laughs> well, I, I think that, look, we're not going to be doing it all the time. We're, right. you know, going to be sticking to the 20, 25, 30. But this is such a big album. So we're doing the 21 uh, year tribute to life after that. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. And it, just this uh, past week, you know, on our page, we had a lot of B.I.G. material because, you know, yeah. uh, March 9th was the anniversary of his death. Right. And I mean, 10 days later, they put the album out. So, right. I mean, this time frame is actually really perfect to put this out, I think. Also, if you missed it, recently on our Mike Fights episode, we had a lot of discussion about the Life After Death album and just how great it was. So we're going to do the entire tribute now. And yeah, I guess we could just get right into it. Let's get started. Where were you? Where was I? I was in middle school. Right. And this is before I was really into hip hop like that. I was into right. what was on the radio. So whether that be Both Dumps and Harmony, mm -hmm. Busta Rhymes, you know, e even Tupac. I was actually probably preferred Tupac. I think more the Fugees the were out at the time. The Fugees too, right? were out. I yeah. may have even had their album. Yeah. Um, because that, that was such a good piece of music. Right. But even though I did not really get into B.I.G. until I was a junior. So that would have been 1999, 2000 time frame was when okay. I really started to get into Biggie. Right. I did listen to this album when it came out because okay. my brother always had it on and right. he drove me everywhere, you know, to high school, this, that, and the other. Mm. So we were always bumping this. So I did yeah. actually listen to this album when it came out and I remember bumping to it, but not really understanding like, okay. just how good it was. Yeah. So that's where I was. Okay. Where were you? I was also in middle school. I think I was in the seventh grade. And this album was like, might be the most important album for me in okay. terms of my hip hop education. Because it at that time me, or like ret in retrospect? Even in retrospect, okay. because it met me at a time where I really was trying to understand hip hop. Like I was, okay. I was really becoming like a student of hip hop, but I was a bad boy fan. Right, right, and then right. it was that, the nexus that, that. of the two where it was like, it was really great hip hop. It was. And it was also a bad boy album. Yeah. And then additionally, um, from an existential perspective, right? I had just moved to California. Pac passes. He's, he becomes a, a religion, right. you know? Yes. And then, yes. and then Big comes to LA and he dies. And so it's like, then it's like, is he also a religion? Cause we love him. And you know, I, I mean, it was, it was a lot of religion. It, it was a lot. So I, I think like this album was, was super impactful for me. And, uh, I just, I, I remember where I was when I heard the news that Pac passed. Yeah. And I also remember where I was when I heard the news that Big passed. I remember both and, of those as well. And then this album came out. Yeah. And it was incredible. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I enjoyed it when it first came out. My brother didn't listen to every single one of the tracks. Yeah. But he listened to enough of it. Mm -hmm. And going back to revisit this album, like I said, when I was a junior in high school. So this mm -hmm. is after the fact, right? This is when I'm actually starting to understand like what a good good lyric is. You know, right, what a good right. verse is. When is when I'm starting to write myself. Right. And I was like, all right, everyone keeps talking about Big, mm -hmm. right? So let me go back and actually listen to the Big. And I was like, wow. This uh, is one of the two nice. albums. So at the time, 
my parents didn't allow me to buy albums that had parental advisory on them, right? So I hope, I hope they did not let you buy this. I hope so you had to sneak I, around. If I was pressed, I would go to Walmart and buy the edited version of the album. Wow, okay. So I had the edited version does, of this album. Does that first. really make sense though? Even even if you edit out all the actual oh, negative yeah. words, there's a bunch of negative shit on here. You should not be listening when we to. when we do the DMX episode. Oh, I'll yeah, tell true, you true, my true, story true. about about that. But uh, so I bought this album. This album was so good. I bought it the edited version only had one disc it didn't have two discs so they okay. omitted things like another and you know oh, like things that, that were like sense. really really yeah, like explicit yeah, yeah. Were, exactly. were removed from the album but this album was so good and i played it so much that i went out and i bought the actual double disc right. and i had to hide it <laughs> but uh yeah this album is is incredible so, so my brother when he went off to west point left a lot of his cds at the house like right. For as many CDs as I have, my brother probably has twice as many. Like, it's crazy how... Because he was listening to all the rock that was in the 90s as well as oh, all okay. the hip-hop and all the R&B. I didn't get into R&B in the 90s, right? Not right. too much. So he left his double LP of the Life After Death. Mm -hmm. And it was stuck in the... Um, you know when they had those jackets? Yeah, yeah. Right. And so if you leave it in there in a long enough time, the uh, cotton, whatever, leaves an imprint yeah, on the yeah, CD. Yeah. So I was listening to it, but it had a lot of scratches and whatnot. Right. It was so good, obviously, even though I had it, I went out and bought it again for yeah, myself because yeah. I wanted the fresh copy so I could ride around and stop getting all the skips. And I was just like, yo, I, just, I had to buy it. Right. Yeah. So similar, similar kind of story there. So we are we going to do critical reception for this or how do we how do we go forward? I'm not sure if the critical reception is necessary. Everyone knows Everybody how great this knows. album is. We're yeah. still talking about it right. now as if it's not only probably the best double LP, uh -huh. even though, you know, our Mike Fights episode the argument with a little differently but yeah. my personal opinion though i do think this is not only the best double lp but probably within the top five hip-hop albums of all time not That's not wild. top 50 yeah. not top 100 like one two three four five yeah. i'm not sure if i can name five hip-hop albums that are better than this one i would have thought that you were a bigger wu-tang forever fan than this prior to us having this conversation i mean i love wu-tang forever and i think that as a piece of it's tough because I really like that album. That mm -hmm. album is, pro is is my favorite Wu Tang Group album. Yeah, we were discussing that pre podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, it is one of my favorites. I mean, for me, it's probably at least in the top fifteen, maybe even the top ten. But this album, just going back and thinking about how they managed to marry the music with the cinematic feel, oh with the lyrics, yeah. Yeah. with the energy, everything goes perfect. Right. You know, and we talked about this a little bit at the end of the Locks episode, mm -hmm. how there's kind of this idea that people have that Puff Daddy is some kind of brilliant executive producer when it comes to hip-hop records. And mm -hmm. I think that when you look at the totality of them, that is not true. And I think mm -hmm. we give him a pass mm -hmm. because this album, they hit it out the fucking park. Oh, they yeah. hit it out the state. Yeah, they hit yeah. it out the fucking country. This album is right. amazing. But let's not be completely re revisionist in that this album also came at a time where a lot of people did not like this kind of music they thought it was too cinematic they thought it was too mainstream they thought it was too jiggy did right they? and that, i mean that's where that birthed the necessity of the mad rapper skits right mad rapper supposed to be <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. you know like everybody in hip-hop who's like why are they getting all this money why are they doing that and i feel like there were some people who felt as though this and everything that it was about was taking hip hop in the wrong direction. That's fair. And even Biggie actually talks about it a little bit. Did on he? Here. What do he have to say? Um, he had some bars where he, he mentioned how um, 
how he came out and he blew up and then now all of a sudden overnight rappers are successful and talking about how they have money that's um, on uh, and things like that uh i think that's on kicking the door it might be yeah, yeah. successful out but the yeah. blue they and, lightweight and 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 i think he's talking about nas on that okay yeah yeah so, yeah. so kicking the door was uh yeah. was nas, nas, and nas, really that. nas is like yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah, got yeah. bars on that for me yeah a lot <laughs> and even uh uh Lil c's came back and talked about it Lil c's also said that uh or one of the records on here was straight for pac and then they really? went and they went and asked puff and puff was like no um you know we never said anything about pac but c's was like i remember having conversations with him and him being like yeah, yeah, I got some bars for Pac, like this this song. You know what I mean? Interesting. I um, know that Big has bars for for Pac on another mm-hmm. record that actually made it to the Born Again album, but mm-hmm. they cut out the part that specifically was like a Tupac mm-hmm. reference. Oh. It's a track with Busta Rhymes on it. Right? Okay. Yeah, that yeah. track is but definitely uh this joint. Tupac. Uh, which one this. is it? Touchy touchy. Slugs hit you. I ain't mad at you. We ain't mad at you. That's that's Pac. Like that's you think di- so. No, it is. Like Maybe. like Little C's was like, this was about Pac. He that's said, tough. I ain't mad at you. And Pac's single oh, at the time right. on the radio was, I ain't mad at you. You like, know, I actually never yeah. put that together. Supposedly that right. whole verse is like to Pac. Yeah, it's a shame that but, um, not like that. But yeah, so we had we had folks out there who felt as though this type of hip hop was a little too glammy and glitzy, mm-hmm. right? And then additionally, we had the east coast versus west coast thing, sure. which we don't have to go into too much no, detail about on we here but to. but you know to some degree you know Pac puts out his double cd um all eyes on me big puts out you know life after death they both pass away around the same amount of time around the same time frame um within and, a year within seven months yeah and, september and march so yeah whatever that and is. the vibe article had come out earlier that mm-hmm. year and so it was like oh you know f these guys they're east coast they're west coast i will never forget i moved to northern virginia from california mm-hmm. i moved in 1998 and uh, i remember very distinctly belly was about to come out right everybody had posters of like nas and and meth and everything this was the first poster that had nas meth dmx like had like all the the rappers that everybody cared about and the girls would just sit on the on the bus and they would just be looking at the pictures (laughs) like oh nas is my husband meth is my husband whatever right so i'm like a brand new kid you know i'm on the bus or whatever and um you know i'm a new kid so and i used to i used to ride the bus at this place that wasn't even in my my neighborhood but it was all black kids right um so i hop on the bus you know i'm chilling i'm in the back i don't know anybody and uh these two girls come up to me what's your name where are you from you know sister asking me all these questions oh he's from la <laughs> you know so they, they call all the other kids to come over and roast me or whatever and so they're like do you like biggie or Pac?" and then they're like biggie's better and I was like, I agree. <laughs> and then everybody on the bus just got silent. Like, because the expectation was that they were gonna confront me about how I'm a Pac fan. They're a big right. fan. But it was crazy that, you know, just being kids, that was still a thing, like East Coast versus West Coast in everybody's head. This is stupid. We're not we're not <laughs> we're not the smartest when we're at that age. Right, I definitely right, wasn't. Right. But yeah. Well well, I will say what I think kind of negates the I suppose negative reception at that time mm-hmm. in terms of production and the glam uh, yeah. and i'm not trying to 
discredit the argument at the time, but I right. think that retrospectively, one of the things that negates that is just how polished this album is. Oh, yeah. And the fact that the more mature our ears become with hip-hop music, and this right. is everybody, it's not just you and me, it's everyone across the board, mm-hmm. we have come to expect a kind of a polished sound. Yeah. And for 1997, yeah. this album, like even the bad boy albums that came after this are right. nowhere near as polished as yeah. this album is. It's, this not album, even, it's not even close. And this album's barely aged a day. Yeah. It's, it's crazy yeah, that, it's crazy. like, I mean, I would say actually say the same for wu-tang forever exactly in, in it, right exactly. it's like it's so good that it doesn't sound dated at all mm-hmm. like when you when you put it on but uh i don't know if you want to go to like what what the high you want to do the highs we can do some low lights just lowlights? because okay. i have some low lights with the album doesn't mean i don't think the album is right. amazing okay uh, and i and i listen to all the low lights but they happen to be low lights yeah i will say i don't think there's any low lights on the first disc okay i really only have one low light <laughs> and that's play a hater that's it really yes yeah, oh you know what um it's not a low light but uh-huh. miss you is not a track that i listen to that often yeah i agree so and it's not that it's a bad song i think it's a good song uh-huh. but it's not it's not a track that i listen to that often but yeah. i you know I, I still like it though that's wild i think i have more low lights than you do i so and, what are you and I'm, i I've, i absolutely love this album like yeah, i no, revisit no, go, this go album ahead. probably every month <laughs> at least yeah, so my low lights, "Fuck You Tonight" is a fucking low light for me, and he's got some lyrics on there, and, it, and it becomes more of a low light when I put in context that I don't listen to R. Oh, Kelly's R- music. Oh, anymore. you know what? Okay, that's fair. <laughs> right, that is one. fair. I hadn't, I hadn't get... And then two, yeah, yeah, you're two, right. it, it like the the R. Kelly's part on it is like mildly rapey, like it's like I'm fucking you tonight, like that's I, fair. I'm doing that it. is you a know fair what point. Mean? It's okay, like, right, in retro- yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. In retrospect, yeah. pretty much anything with R. Kelly's name on it is. Yeah, yeah, so not, that's definitely a low light for me. Right, that's fair. Um, crazy enough, though it's such an instrumental record, What's Beef didn't really age well to me. Like, I, I went back when I, I was listening to it today, actually. And um, when What's Beef came on, it was cool because he was kind of, he was exploring some, like, you know, intricate cadences and mm-hmm. things like that. You know, <laughs> like, right. you know what I mean? Like, what I will say about What's Beef, in mm-hmm. terms of the lyrically strong uh-huh. songs, on the first disc, yeah. I actually do think it's one of the weaker ones. Yeah. Right? The disc is really strong in the beginning yeah. with Somebody's Gotta Die. It's even crazy to start to, an album with Somebody's yeah. Gotta Die. That, exactly. that song is so crazy. Somebody's Gotta Die. Even right. Hypnotize is strong, Kicking yeah. the Door. You might have a little lull with Fuck You Tonight. Um, last day, I love the dough, even last though day. I really like Wait, love the dough, and I back, like last day. Let's go back to last day because you said that you didn't feel as though the Lox's performance I, on there I didn't was, think was great. So. Especially when I thought Jada was nice on there. Uh, nice, I think, is not a word I would give. I think he was solid. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't say he was nice. I thought like, he was nice. Biggie was yeah. nice on there. Right. It's just hard. Like it's unfair to the locks to be like, look, you're on a track with Big, and you don't sound all that great. Like, what yeah, can yeah, I do? Yeah, yeah, you know. But either way, I uh-huh. think that "Fuck You Tonight," "Last Day," "I Love the Dough," even though I love "I Love the Dough," uh-huh. it's kind of a lull uh-huh. from the this one. Still good, but yeah. just it's not as strong as "What's Beef." Um, the B.I.G. interlude is short, so it doesn't really yeah. matter. More money, more problems, niggas bleed, and I got a story to tell, right? Like, yeah. That's a strong section yeah. of that disc. And yeah. I think that what's beef is actually kind of is the weak link in that section yeah. as time goes on. Yeah, I would, um, I would say. Even, even over like more money, more problems, which I 
do kind of skip over just because yeah. I've heard it so many times. Yeah, I would say. But I mean, right. like Big's verse on there is dope. So, it's you know. wild too because when I was a kid, hypnotized was just so ill to me. Like, mm-hmm. and it was on that thing I told you about that had uh, that had a uh, triumph on it. The, yeah, the, the, yeah, the yeah. hip hop hits thing. I've probably listened to Hypnotize more times than I've listened to any song in life. Hypnotize and it's weird is still dope, though. I, it's still dope. Yeah. And I can, I, when I'm out, like at a party, I love to hear it. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't even really sit down and listen to it anymore. That's it's, fair. And I've heard it that's that fair. many times. No, you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, so then we get to the second disc, right? Miss You, like you said, I could do without it. But another, right? Mm-hmm. The first time we talked about this, I said, eh, you know, it's a skit. It's fine. But then I went back and listened to it and I was like, but is it really a skit? It's fucking I, four I minutes. I didn't and think it was a skit. It's it has, a verse. It's a track. It's got it's verses got, by, it's got by him Kim. and Kim. Yeah. And they're really hooks. arguing in the booth, supposedly. Yeah. I, dude, I don't think that th- it's good. If I if I have to rate it as a song, it's not good. It, okay. It, and the, the wildest thing about it is um, I posted something on our 80s Babies page that a lot of people commented on. Did Big ever have a wax song if he did post it? Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. If another is a song, it's his wax song. Well, another is a song. So there you it's go. It's a wax song. Okay. So that's my answer. Okay. There. Uh, I don't think that's good. Um, I don't have any beef with the track. Yeah. But I can understand why you would say that. Uh-huh. It's not one of his stronger songs for sure. Yeah. Uh, Player Hater, I actually took as a skit, which I, I it still kind of take it as a skit, it's right? It's a skit song. Um, it's silly. But, uh, but I thought it was dope because it like... It imitates all those those people that they're basically sampling all their songs right. on here, right? Like yeah. the the stylistics and the shy lights and all mm-hmm. of them. And they're kind of like emulating them. But oh, then it, at the same time, they're talking about cats, you know, that are hating on them and all this other stuff. And then um, Puff's ad-libs are hilarious <laughs> on that. So I, I, I like his that. That's album, not a low light for his me. His ad-libs on this, actually, this mm. album in general, his ad-libs are not that bad. Mm. They're kind of... They're great. Yeah, like they kind of work. Like even the joints yeah. on like on my downfall is like mm. at the time I didn't really buy it coming from Puff. The more I've learned about Puff, I do buy it. Puff is excellent <laughs> on this album. Like I, yeah. I, I, I really I, I don't have anything negative to say about him on this album. You know what's crazy? So I was listening to The World Is Filled. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that song. And by the way. <laughs> it's I think so problematic, but I love it. I think at the time because The World Is Filled is one of the tracks that my brother used to listen to all the oh, time, yeah. all the time. And I think back then I didn't really think about Puff. I was just assumed like, well, Puff is whack, right? right? And you know, vocally, I, nothing has changed in you know since I first heard him. I still think Puff is whack. Right. Whatever. I don't even think he would care about me saying that. Don't worry if I write rhymes, I write checks, right? Who cares? But I think the world is filled is the first time I actually understood that. Puff didn't write his own lyrics. Hmm. Like, because before that, I didn't care. I didn't think about it yeah. one way or the other. Right? And I think this track was just like, the lyrics on this verse are nice. Yeah. Like, because I just assumed that Puff was whack, right? I was like, oh, it's Puff verse. And then one day I was actually sitting and listening to it. I was like, no, wait. Like, I would be happy with these lyrics. Yeah. You know? And then that's when I realized, I was like, no, Puffy didn't write that shit. And then it, I realized, like, Puffy didn't write any of it. <laughs> right. You know? But then I actually went back to listen to some of Puff's verse and I was like, oh, yeah. Puff actually has some lyrics. He didn't write them. Yeah. But there you go. Like, this was the track yeah. that actually made me, Interesting. you know, it brought that to my attention. Yeah. So, actually, I think that the second disc is also very strong. Um, I would say second Nasty Boy. is very strong. Nasty Boy is my other low light. Um, I understand uh, that, but the lyrics are dope. Yeah, that, that's the one thing I will say about Nasty Boy is he 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 says some some stuff on there um, a little bit, but it's just like ugh, it's just I think it's the hook that's so annoying. That's fair. That that, that is like, fair. Ah, stop. So 
I'll say two things. Um, I will address that second. But first, one of the things I like about Nasty Boy, right? We often talk about all these great stories that Big tells. But he's actually telling stories on Nasty Boy. Mm. You know, he's talking about how meets the woman, takes her back, all this. Like, it's a story. Like, in my mind, I'm seeing everything that's happening. Yeah. But one of the things to address that about you know the idea that the hook is kind of whack which you're correct the hook is whack but one of the reasons why this album is just so great is because i think that as an entire piece of music it didn't rely on the beats mm-hmm. it didn't rely on the lyrics yeah like they're both like okay fine maybe you don't like the nasty boy beat and the hook but the lyrics yeah. are so strong they yeah. get you through no, you're right and maybe long kiss goodnight uh the lyrics actually are not all that great he goes hard on it but they're not the strongest on the album mm-hmm. but that beat goes so hard that it and the energy is so hard that it, Man, it doesn't even matter this this is like the most flawless piece of two two disc yeah. hip-hop album it's just too good another thing i wanted to talk about before we skip because I'm, I'm we're looking at the track listing here just to let y'all know the sequencing of this album yeah is incredible mm-hmm. the sequencing of this album is one of the things that makes this album so good because once again we're talking about little records you know i say fuck you tonight or i say nasty boy or whatever Mm -hmm. there's no stretch of the album that has like two or three records where i have an issue with Mm -hmm. together so there's no like part of the album where i can be like uh let me discard that it's literally such a good album that i i'll just listen to a record that i don't even think is that like i today i was like I have a strict no R. Kelly policy, but I listened to (laughs) (laughs) I listened to this record today just because I was like, ah, it's in sequence and in the interest of science and having this discussion, let me just listen to it again. I still don't like it, but you know, that's uh, fair. Yeah, no, but this is a great album. So you want to go to highlights? Highlights. Uh, I mean, all right, your highlights have to be like outrageous, extra extra highlights because it's just so good. Um, someone just gotta die. Yeah, kick in the door. Mm -hmm. Niggas bleed. I got a story to tell. It's actually not a highlight. Oh. Only because the other ones, right? right? Like, it's not, it's great. I love it, but it's not up there. Yeah. This too. The song, Notorious Thugs, is not Mm -hmm. a highlight only because I don't really pay attention to the Bone Thugs and Harmony verse. Okay. But the way that track starts out Mm -hmm. and how big hits it, I'm glad he goes first. Yeah. Because he doesn't always go first with the posse cut, right? And it's not even really a posse cut, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't always go first. He goes first on this one. I'm glad he does. Uh That intro into Disc 2 is definitely a highlight. Going back to Cali. Obviously. I mean, I love that. It's got you so know, a lot bounce. of people don't like that. I don't care yeah. if they don't like it. That song's got so much bounce. I love I it. I remember being in Cali when that record came out as a single and just people being like so it? happy. No, I oh. mean, it just because I was like big, like big fan. You know, mm-hmm. I was a big bad boy fan. And then Pac passes and everybody's like, fuck the East, fuck all of them. And then, you know, oh, they don't like us. They don't like us. And then Big puts out a record where he's like, I love Cali. And then everybody's <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, he loves Cali. <laughs> so, um, obviously, Ten Crack Commandments, mm-hmm. Sky's the Limit is a huge highlight for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world is filled. I'm not going to say it's a highlight, but obviously I really like it. Same thing yeah. goes for my downfall. Long Kiss Goodnight is a highlight. That, that RZA beat does something to me. <laughs> And a song that I never really used to listen to back in the day, but when I, you know, throughout the years, I listened mm-hmm. to this album, a song that really started to grow on me was, uh, you nobody till somebody kills you. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's a highlight, but it's a really good way to end the album. Yeah. And the way the album ends, you know how people talk about how you can kind of put energy into the universe and it becomes your energy. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of death 
on this album. Yeah. Like a whole lot of depth yeah. on this album. And I, I think it's odd-ish at, because at a time, you know, we're, we're in middle school. We're middle mm-hmm. school kids, you know, listening to this, digesting this. Yeah. And, you know, I would, I would say like middle school is like a, that's like one of your liveliest parts of your life, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're young, you're impressionable, et cetera. And this album is a lot about finality and about dying. So that that it's interesting that it ends there. Well, um, I want to talk about that a little bit more. Sure. And I, I'm curious about how we would feel about this album if we were, say, our age now, listening yeah. to it to the first time, what our yeah. reaction would be. Because, you know, there's some songs that are hot. Uh, who's the dude who's in jail oh, now? Hot nigga. The, uh, yeah, what's his yeah, name? Bobby Schmurder. Bobby Schmurder, right? That right. song is tragic. Yeah. Tragic. Same thing with uh, Lil Uzi Vert, XO mm-hmm. Tour Life. Mm-hmm. That song is absolutely tragic. But it's a know, heartbreaking one, piece of music. One, one thing that I will say is different about the two is um, they're almost celebrations of death. Like, like hot is niggas this like not, though? this. These songs, like, like Long Kiss Goodnight, You're Nobody Though Somebody Kills You. These are really sad songs in terms of the 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 instrumentation, the vibe okay. of the songs. They're not like you're nobody until somebody kills you. Ha! Huh? I'm killing you. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. It's like it's not like you're supposed to do it. Exo's tour life is kind of a depressing piece yeah. of music, though. That's fair. Yeah, maybe it's just the bounce to it that makes it a party song. But yeah. like, I think it's a little different. But you know, again, maybe it's just the time. It, yeah. This was this is of our time. That's a good question. Yeah. Um. Anyway my highlights somebody's gotta die <laughs> like what yeah let's let's stop here real quick yeah this is one of the tracks i was listening to recently mm-hmm. and something that they don't do anymore by they i just mean hip-hop musicians in general maybe they do and i haven't heard it but all the sound mm-hmm. effects this song is riddled with sound effects right like you mm-hmm. literally you're yes. listening to like you know I noticed what? that today. I'm gonna go on. A, I'm gonna go on a little tangent here. So I've been studying screenwriting a little bit because I'm I'm actually trying to write a screenplay. Okay. And you learn all these different tricks about inciting incident, and mm-hmm. you need a good protagonist and antagonist, and yeah. you need an arc and all this other crap. And right, right. you know you can have an ironic plot twist, whatever. Like yeah. Biggie would have been a absolutely great storyteller. Yeah. To start this off by like you know he's just chilling it's just another night but then all of a sudden you get immersed into the story yeah. and all the sound effects the sound that go effects into it it's like raining throughout I, yeah. think, I think it rains throughout the entire fucking track if yeah. I'm not mistaken yeah. it, maybe it doesn't I don't know but I'm just uh-huh. oh, and then the way he leaves it at the end right yeah. like he doesn't even there's no resolution it's yeah. just like oh this happens and you just have to yeah. sit there and think about and like wow and then the baby's just crying yes and then it's just <laughs> but, but one of the things I will say is again Man, this might be the only episode where I just wax poetic about how incredible <laughs> Puff Puff is here, yeah. right? These sound effects and everything. So, as you know, I've done I've done music in the past. The first time I was ever in a real legit, what I would call like a legit legit recording studio. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in high school. I was in Paris, and you know we're doing our music. I mean, you've heard you heard me back in college. You mm-hmm. heard me, you know, when I was younger very battle rap oriented, you know, type of punchline heavy type stuff. And so they were essentially trying to create sound effects to go along with like the imagery of all my punchlines, my lines, whatever in the song. Um, And so I watched as they went and they had, they had volumes and volumes of CDs. Um, And each of the CDs had like a little, a little paper label on top of it that said every single sound effect that was on that, that CD. Mm-hmm. And they would go through and flick through till they found the right sound effect that matched what I was saying. And then they put it on the track. 
that is a long and laborious process. Yeah. So the fact that Puff and the Hitman <laughs> sat there and listened to all of, of Big's lyrics and figured out the perfect sound effect to accentuate it and then mixed it and panned it in the way that they did here, mm-hmm. like that's just a testament to the the attention to detail that that was layered, particularly on that song, but throughout this album. And there were other hip hop albums and other hip hop tracks where they did the same similar types of things. Right. But just list, going back to listen to it, it just made me think. It's like you know, when's the last time yeah. I've I've heard that? I think nowadays when you have music that's even more mass produced than ever you the the amount of time that they probably took just for that one song to put mm-hmm. the sound effects and stuff like that on you just don't have that time right now to to put yeah. put a no, song out or an album out but um yeah i mean incredible there definitely. so someone's gotta die that's yeah, a yinka highlight gotta die. definitely a highlight kick in the door i mean yeah man. and then when you put in context that like He's going straight at J. Rue to Damage and Nas, who he's at going, the time he's going were at like, premiere on his own he's track. He's going at premiere on his own track. <laughs> Son, Son, I'm, I'm surprised, surprised you wrote with him. him. I think they got coming with him because they nothing but dicks. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, Last Day is a, a highlight for me. Okay. I, I go back and I listen that's to fair. it. That's um, fair. I, I, I like it. Yeah. There's, there's no tracks on here that I dislike. The lyrics to I Love the Doe are a highlight to me. It's weird it's a too good because song. it's like, yeah, it's a cool song. I like it. It's such a like, the beat is so disco like. It sounds like some puff shit. Yeah, but yeah, but so, but it's like you said, when before <laughs> yeah. we were recording this, you were saying, look, like good music meets you where you are, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and maybe at the time, I wanted some hard shit, which yeah. this album provided. But listening back to it now, I'm like, oh yeah, give me that disco yeah. shit. Like, I'm, I'm cool with it. So, more money, more problems for obvious reasons. It's, it's got to be a highlight for me. Even though when I go back now, I don't even really listen to that song. Right. Big's verse on more Big's money, more problems is, crazy. is incredible. Yeah. Um, niggas bleed, got to be obviously. a highlight. Obviously. I got a story to tell, still a highlight. It's, look, look, obviously I love this song. It's just yeah. not one of my, like if I'm picking like eight tracks on here, for me to just listen to on repeat. And I could only do like those eight or whatever. Like I'm not sure if I got a story to tell makes the I cut. it still makes it for me. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the world is filled. I, I would say it's still so. A ten crack commandments is not a highlight for you. Oh, ten crack. Yeah, I was about to say sure, for sure. I ten mean, for, just for the beat alone. Yeah, but yeah. Um, the world is filled. And then one of the three, uh, the last three, and I don't even know because it's it would switch. Um, sometimes I'm, I love my downfall. Sometimes I love long kiss good night. Sometimes I love your nobody. It'd probably be your nobody. Those three tracks work really, really oh, well. Yeah. Like you said, the sequencing, right? Yeah. They just go so well together. They just yeah. go right into the next. The energy is all the same. It's yeah. really good. Yeah, and it's dope because it's a, it's a depressing energy. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a, but it like he did he did the same on Ready to Die, right? Yeah. He gave us suicidal thoughts, and it's like, it's weird though because there he didn't do it as well. He didn't he didn't close it out with like three back to back that really yeah, take you yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. He gave you like unbelievable, I think, well, and then no, or was yeah, it the bonus? No, um, and then suicidal thoughts was that? The yeah, end? but before unbelievable, he also had the joint with the woman who got killed or whatever. Um, me and my bitch. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But um, but anyway. He gives you like and everyday struggle is near the end as well. But there's some other tracks mixed in there. He leaves anyway. you he leaves you like there's a sense of finality. Yeah. But then at the same time like you you still want more. I think the way it ends this too mm. it really encompasses his I guess anger towards and I don't really want to say like anger in a really like detrimental way, but mm. just like his like fuck y'all attitude towards right. you know industry cats other mcs anyone who might have been hating on him just like 
Yeah. Those tracks really do a good job of just encapsulating all that. I mean, how old was he when it was? This, was he twenty four? Yeah, something like that. That's the craziest thing yeah, to think yeah, about, yeah. right? Like, they were both like around twenty five when they. Passed. I think Tupac was twenty six. Okay. And Biggie was twenty four when he, or I guess even twenty three. Yeah, they even have twenty three or twenty four when he's recording this. Yeah. And yeah, that's really young, yo. Yeah. Like, that's a this dude was a genius, man. <laughs> that's the crazy thing about that. I know in America, we, we have this whole educated versus uneducated, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, high society versus low society thing. But like, he really was a genius. Yep. And I think Pac was also a genius. Yo, like, these people are 25 years old. Here's the thing. A <laughs> lot of them are. Right. Like, if you ever, and I know I always talk about Wu-Tang, whatever, but if you ever, yeah. like, go and listen to Met The Man's mm -hmm. verses, mm -hmm. he's talking about shit that I've actually had to look up. You know, like, talk about, like, some Shakespearean shit or whatever. Like, he's right. using a lot of historical i was like where do yeah, you learn this shit right like a lot of these cats are really 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 intelligent and even puff right like you look at i mean him as an executive right and he's obviously amassed a lot of wealth but you go back to when he he didn't have shit really right mm -hmm. he he leaves uptown and he has two artists he has craig mack yeah. and he has notorious big and he says well all right, Craig Mack's last name is Mack, so we're gonna, you know, we're gonna make him a Mack. And then I don't he's, know how so you he, did that with a. So, actually, don't do that. <laughs> That's a mean thing so, to say. Go so, ahead. but he, he decides the Big Mac is something that's being packaged in these little boxes that and McDonald's is selling a million of them. Mm -hmm. Why don't we make the Big Mac and it be a tape that's packaged like a Big Mac that has <laughs> Biggie's single and Craig Mack's single on the bottom. You know right. what I mean? Like, not to say that like it was wildly <laughs> successful or anything like that, but just like the cat is like a genius. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, you even go back to obviously his days at Howard. Like those mm -hmm. are days of lore. People in DC still talk about, you know, the different things that he did. Um, but yeah, definitely geniuses uh, on this album for sure. And they, it seems as though they put all their resources together for this album and we, we hear it. So Sky's the Limit is not a highlight for you? It's weird that it's not. I listened to it a lot. It was yeah. very impactful to me at the time because yeah. of my age and all the, you know, I'm talking about getting teased and, you know, coming back and amassing, you know, respect by doing X, Y, Z. But it just doesn't resonate with me the same now. So one of the things I want to talk about, first of all, I love Sky's the Limit. Yeah. Um, I didn't like it when it came out because I just thought it was a hit. Did you see the video? Yeah, I, it was whatever. I thought I think, the video was adorable, cute, whatever. Yeah, everybody like, I really loved it that. when I was a kid. But Sky's the Limit, for me, the reason why I like it so much is, is first of all, oh. the meats and potatoes mm. or the meats and bones of this album, whatever, the tracks that are not on the radio are better than the tracks yeah. that are on the radio, Definitely. right? You but know for, Sky's the Limit was a single. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. Okay. But for me, Sky's the Limit is probably Big's most lyrical commercial hit. Does that make mm, sense? Mm. When you look at, you know, like play a Xanthem or um, Get Money. Get Money or which actually his verse on that is dope too. Yeah, hell yeah. But um, you know, and uh Big Papa, like yeah. and, and, and the commercial tracks on this record. Mm -hmm. For me, I mean the first verse and the last verse on Sky's the Limit, mm. I think are probably his two strongest verses on any of his commercial records that he mm. released. 
first of all, the whole like mm-hmm. someone tigers in my shirts yeah. and alligators. You want to yeah. see the insides to see you later. Or then in the in the third verse when he says, um, break it down into sections, drugs by these selections. Some use, use pipes, pipes, others, others use, use injections. Syringe so separately, Frank the deputy, quick to grab my Smith the Wesson like my dick was missing. Can you imagine like all of a sudden you're there and you're like, your dick is missing and you're just like, <laughs> like where to go, where to go? Like, come on, like, that. oh God, this dude was fucking amazing. I'm yeah, sorry. I just I, had my I, little I, moment there. So the, the Sky's the Limit record is definitely really dope lyrically. Funny enough, talking, you know, lore around this album specifically they said after big recorded sky's the limit rumor has it he decided he wanted his career to go in that direction and he he was like i need to start making like shit that's more uplifting and etc and him and puff were at odds and he was he almost wanted to pull the plug on this album as it stands wow because he wanted to change the direction of the album that he was going to put out and make it an album around sky's the limit miss you records like that and him and Puff were like not like not speaking odds, you know uh, what type type of deal, and you know I don't know maybe that had something to do with the direction Pac was going in at the time mm-hmm. or what I don't know. But look, I love the way this album turned out. If that's the direction that Biggie wanted to go, I would have loved to have seen it yeah. because he had the pool in New York to do it. Yeah, you know what I mean. He wouldn't like, have made nearly as much money, and so I, I get I get Puffs. Uh, <laughs> but you know what though, he was still the king. Right, mm-hmm. he was still the king. He had the lyrical clout, and he had the the charismatic and I, personality. I tell you clout. what, though, I tell you what, though, this became a time frame in hip hop where there wasn't really one king all the way anymore. Like Nas was on the come up, Wu Tang was on the come up. You know, like you had you had other folks that were contending for the crown. Biggie was. Ain't no other the kings man. in his rap things. They, they siblings. siblings. Nothing but my children. One shot, they disappearing. Yeah. He could have taken them all. And out who was he? Who was he talking to? Nas. Yeah, he was talking to Nas. I think he was yeah. talking about Raekwon as well. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. So I mean, you know, while he and Puff definitely had their finger on the pulse in terms of the mm. culture, there was definitely a lot of folks waiting in the wings that were that were very close to to that as well. Yeah. And I think with with Puff, he didn't want to go anywhere. He was like, "Yo, this shit's working for us. Like, what what are you trying to do?" So. Yeah, I can understand why Puff would go that route. But ultimately, I mean, when you're at that age, 24, right? That's yeah. when you're kind of putting childish things behind and you're starting to become a man. Eh, it depends. <laughs> no, but I think that that's, I think that's yeah. an age where, you know, if you're about that life, yeah. you know, and if you're as intelligent as someone as Biggie was, right. you'd like to think he was intelligent. I right. think that that's when he would probably start to understand. It's like, look. Dog, you know, he was definitely intelligent. This yeah, guy was a genius. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And so I think that that's probably an age where he was like, yeah, I think that this is a yeah. where I want to go. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's interesting to hear his progression because um a lot of the people who were around in the days of putting Ready to Die together talk about how Ready to Die is really two albums, right? Yeah, like yeah. like there was like the before. five yeah, the five or six records that were on his demo and mm-hmm. then the other ones and you can tell the difference between his style when he got with Puff and he mellowed it out versus when he was kind of screaming. Right. And you listen to the content of those songs versus the content of the songs that were when he and Puff got together and then the 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 progression of how, you know, he kind of went here and you, it's almost like you see the growth Mm-hmm. someone same with Pac I mean you yeah. know like Pac's earlier material he seemed a lot more idealistic and then maybe he went to jail and then he came out and he seemed a lot more jaded yeah you know? like he was That's like yo you know everywhere other city we go I see the same hoe like mm-hmm. his subject matter changed maybe not for the better yeah but as as a man his mentality was growing and that's the direction that it was growing in right but um yeah so other thoughts about the album 
other thoughts i mean we did highlights right mm -hmm. there's a lot of producers who who had who had a hand in here some features who are the other highlights in terms of not biggie that contributed to the album in your mind in terms of producers producers or featured artists or you know who i want to give a shout out to is al green and whoever did the string arrangements for it um yeah. i thought it was his brother okay i could be mistaken about it i, I don't know who it is but mm. there's what how many how many samples how many al green samples are on this record there's we've at least got, four what, four right right yeah we've got what's beef we've got i got a story to tell oh, the story to tell that's story to tell join is the drums i yes, love the drums, drums. yes uh, and that's not drums. the first time that's been sampled either yeah, i want to yeah. say eric b and rock Kim did it too yep. which is also a really good track yep okay. um, but then you is it got, my melody or not melody. uh it's which, on uh, no it's on the third album yeah yeah uh he's telling and, a story on that joint. and yeah, he's, he's uh, it's actually it's a little girl yeah. yeah and then you've got my downfall and long kiss right, right? and the like the string samples that they used to really crying. add that cinematic oh, feel to man. it. Yeah. Um, who were the, well, obviously RZA produces Long Kiss Goodnight, which yeah, that's your I'm not sure if it's my favorite beat on this, but uh -huh. the only other one to me beat wise that could compete with this would be Kicking the Door, the two premiere beats, right? Yeah. Kicking the Door and Tech Ten Crack Amendments. Yeah. But this Long Kiss Goodnight, I, and I fell in love with that track before I even realized it was RZA. Mm. Yeah, because when I went back to go listen to this album, I really, really connected with that. I was like, why do I like this so much? I was like, let me let me see who that producer is. And it was Riz. I was like, that's why. Right. I was like, I knew I knew there was something about this beat that I love. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, whoever's idea it was to get all these Al Green samples, uh, that's something that needs to get shouted out. For sure. What Mine, about you? What are your, some of your unsung heroes? My unsung heroes, uh, Havoc. He did Last Day. Oh, um, it does and, sound and, like a, a Havoc beat. And I want to give Havoc extra props because um as the story goes havoc had a beat that big heard and big and puff heard it they liked it they were like okay send us over the reels or whatever something happened where havoc lost the reels or they got fucked up so puff's calling havoc's phone and havoc's not answering because he can't <laughs> find the beat so then finally puff gets in a fucking card comes over and it's like what the fuck you know like where's the beat we need the beat we're like we're going to mastering and like Havoc's like, sorry, you know, like whatever. So then Puff's like, all right, I'm gonna stand here and, and you're gonna make the beat. <laughs> and so Havoc remakes the beat on the spot, like as as best That's as he a can. Lot of he pressure. makes another beat yeah. with, with Puff standing over his shoulder. Oh, and we get working with people on my and shoulder. we get last day. And so I mean, I, I respect, I just respect that story. I respect um, that beat. A lot. Yeah, last day um, is not a track I enjoyed when I first heard it. Really? So it's, it, there's actually quite a few on here that I didn't enjoy right away. They, they had yeah. to grow on me, but I mean that's that's kind of natural. But I mean I love it now. Um, uh, Buck Wild, okay. I got a story to tell. That's that's the great beat. Recently, you posted a, a clip about yeah. how that came together. He basically just said that he had come to Big to try to submit beats. Mm -hmm. Big was like, oh yeah, you know, you really got something here, but like nah, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know. So he basically like Big gave him like the don't be mad UPS is higher type <laughs> shit, like, a couple times. And he said like he just kept trying it was it was like a like a nice like if you keep trying one day type deal oh look then, at that work hard one enough. day can come true right and then one day big heard the beats us i got a story to tell and he was like Yo, you got one. one here like you know let me get that so. should we talk about it i got a story to tell real quick sure let's do it you know there's been rumors <laughs> that it's true and it's Anthony Mason. And it's Anthony Mason. Uh, Fat Joe revealed that on ESPN's Highly Questionable. Okay. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Do you believe that? 
I, I think that it probably could be based on a true story. I think that it's kind of interesting that after the guy passes, then they say, oh, well, it was him. It's like, well, yeah. I mean, he's not here to corroborate the story. So I don't want to be like, yeah, I know it's him. You know, I don't know. That's me. What do you think? I think that, first of all, Biggie probably embellished some of the details. Oh, definitely. Basketball games don't get rained out. No, but, but that's uh, that's still one of the funniest right, right, lines right, right, right. of the whole it is, album. It is, it is, it is. <laughs> and it's not even a lyric. He's just, yeah. he's just shooting the shit with his boys. Yeah, yeah. First of all, I don't think Biggie did it. I think that uh, I think that there was something that happened with, with one of the New else. York Knicks where someone in the streets got yeah, one of the, you know, got right. one of their girls or wives or whatever and then um had sex with her and then pretended to stick her up and rob him right, right, basically right, to get right. away from the fact that he was screwing this woman right, but they right. ended up robbing in the process. I think something like that happened. Probably. Biggie, you know, being in the circles that he that he was in, yep. knew about it and just decided to wrap the story. I don't think that Biggie himself actually did it. I, sounds, I just I highly doubt that. That sounds But I think feasible, it's something yeah. that probably did happen. That's crazy though. Uh, a f hilarious story. I remember there was an episode of one of those ESPN shows. I don't think it was highly questionable. And they had John Starks on there. Okay. And they and they low key accused him of being the person. <laughs> right. Oh, I <laughs> so saw that. Like, yeah. I saw and that. He was actually. like, he was like, I no. think it's true. It's like. Like based on a true story, he's like, yeah. but it's not. It's not, it's me. not me. It's not me. And they're like, all right, then who was it? And he's just like, uh. I remember <laughs> there was one day. I don't think we did it on the podcast, but we had a conversation. I don't know. It wasn't you. It was. It was with some of my boys. Okay. Wyatt was there. Mm -hmm. I pulled up the roster from that year from the Knicks, <laughs> and we went through and we found all the people that it could have been. Right. And it was one like of, it was one like, of them six five. It was, I don't know. Right. It was Derek Mason was on the team at the time. Anthony Mason, like just the people that yeah. well, we assumed that he said just six five. Right, right, person. right. Oh, so we assumed the person was know. like six four to six eight. Tall. And Tall. then you know, like like who could it be? And I remember. <laughs> Anthony Mason's name came up and I was like I don't think it could be Anthony Mason and they were like well why and I was like because he's like the toughest right the toughest dude out on of the all court. these dudes that we're talking on about here I think Charles Oakley might have been on the team at the time Char too yeah I, oh, Charles man. Oakley probably because I think yeah. I always just have an opinion that like the more bravado you have the uh, more louder you are like, like you might you you might have the bite to match the bark but yeah. like the ones that you don't hear from yeah, like charles yeah, oakley yeah probably you know but but then again the other thing is everybody's tough till they got a gun in their this face is true. I, I this mean, is so true I, I, it could have been anybody when you when you when you put it in that context <laughs> ripping cash out the floor <laughs> mad paper <laughs> son <laughs> so sound like you got a good day two words <laughs> i'm gone so uh, yeah, so Havoc is, is a highlight for me. Um, uh, Buckwild is a highlight for me. I just want to give all of the hitmen a shout out. Mm -hmm. I don't think the hitmen really get shouted out that much. They don't. Particularly Nasheem Merrick. He's all over this album and he's such a beast. And okay. like, he's somebody that really outside of the bad boy camp, you never really hear his name. Mm -hmm. um, he he was a beast on here. Carlos Six July, um, he's really, really dope. He, he He does a lot of their stuff. I'm naming the guys that are I'm I'm a big fan of out of the Hitman. Stevie J was all over this. Mm -hmm. He didn't do my favorite cuts. He actually probably <laughs> did more, more, most of my my least favorite cuts. Yeah. Uh, but but he was on it. You know, shouts to him. Chucky Thompson. I think he actually he's from DC, and I think he went to Howard with Puff or something. That's uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'll take um, your word for it though. Derek Angeletti, D Dot, oh, the yeah. Mad Rapper. He's also one of the Hitmen and uh, really really heavily involved on here. So shout out to all of them. Okay. That's that's those are mine. I got you. Oh, 
and too short. Yeah, 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 yeah. Crazy ass man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Two shorts, little monologue at the end of of uh, the world is filled. It's just hilarious to me. Just ever since she found a bad pimp, too, too short. short. <laughs> uh, I like too short. Yeah. Even though he talks about subject matter that's not good, right? That right. We obviously have problems with. Yeah, yeah. How do you reconcile that, right? Like that's this is a tough thing for me to kind of reconcile. Now. I was like, look, I love this verse, but. Mm-hmm. Maybe it will, maybe one day we'll have a, a podcast where we address that. For sure. But, for uh, sure. but yeah, um, all right. it's too short on this. Anything else we want to uh, go over on this album? One thing I want to talk about, I guess, is just kind of... Well, we've talked about the legacy a little bit, but mm-hmm. there's a, I have a co-worker. I actually mentioned him on a previous, previous podcast. Mm-hmm. He's one of those cats that thinks that... <laughs> it's so funny, right? He thinks that... Um, all these new cats, Future, Kendrick, whatever, okay. they're just better than the old cats by default, but he won't even listen to the old cats, right? He thinks that Kobe is better than Jordan, but he won't even go back to watch uh, Jordan, like, and, yeah. which is a kind of a different thing from our generation, right? Like, we'll go back. Our, I feel like our generation, the, the biggest difference is now is it like, it's one thing to say that your cats are better than the, the ones who followed you, right? Right. But at least we went back to listen right, to them, right, which right. I feel like a lot of these young cats don't do. Yeah. Either way, I said, look, here's a couple of Biggie tracks. Just listen to him. And he mm-hmm. ended up listening to quite a bit of this album. And he was like, yo, this album is dope. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, I was like, yo, someone's got to die. How uh, old you is nobody this guy? To, how, yo, he's like 25, yo. Damn. He's a kid. <laughs> it's just crazy that you're 25 and like you've never heard this album. No, but he I mean, I probably guess... listened to it like a little bit. But I mean, he'd be born, what, 1992, 1993? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's like the he same like age as, as, as uh, 36 Chambers. Yeah. You know? But he really liked you know, buddy, till somebody kills you. Like he just kept, he had let that so song good. on repeat. Yeah. So, which is not even my favorite track on here, but yeah. you know, it's dope. So, I, the reason why I say all that is because mm-hmm. I think that this is one of the albums that if I was really trying to get one of these younger cats to just understand how good these MCs were back in the day, this mm-hmm. is probably the album that I would have them listen to. I wouldn't have them listen to. Wu-Tang Forever I wouldn't have him I probably wouldn't even have him listen to Illmatic yeah. you know what I mean I'm not sure if I would have him listen to anything by Jay-Z maybe but this is the one I would mm. because I think it's there's a subject matter I think that they can relate to I think he's so visual Yeah. there's so much imagery on here that even if you don't think the lyrics are nice there's no mm. way you can listen to the stories on here mm. and not actually think like not yeah. put the image in your head you yeah. just can't do it yep, yep. it's impossible not to put the characters in place and think about Gloria from a story of like where yeah, she is in the lobby exactly. and, 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 and like you can't think about Arizona Ron for two songs like you have to you have to yeah. you're actually thinking about <laughs> what a gun wound looks like right. with the word the, ta- the the words tattooed around it like you yeah. just like and so I think that all that put together with how cinematic the production is and just how mm. lush and polished it is this is the album that I think that any dude today any man woman boy girl whoever thinks that all these new cats are greater than the old ones like Mm -hmm. just listen to this album right you don't have to listen to every single track if you're listening to it and you don't like it fine skip Skip it it. but at some point you're gonna come across across a song and you're like wow wow yep this is amazing yeah it's amazing agree wholeheartedly this is like a movie and i'm glad you said that because it takes me to something that i wanted to mention before we closed out we didn't talk about the videos let's talk about them yeah i mean so right at the time this is the era where you know we talked about missy we talked about uh busta you know this Mm -hmm. is where hype williams is really coming into his own 
and then he gives us the hypnotize hypnotize video. i was that, um, and that's the only that's the only video from this album where biggie is actually in it wow yeah, well, because sky's the limit, you had the kids and more money, yeah, more problems. He was in he wasn't alive. Life. That's yeah. just his puffing mace with their shiny shoots and. Yeah. Well, they showed uh, they showed that video they, of him. But yeah, yeah, but yeah. he's not. He yeah. wasn't alive for the filming right, of that video. Right, right. But yeah, so the video for Hypnotize. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the exception of like maybe Big Pimpin' later. Yeah. That became the most hype Williams hype Williams music video. Yo, you right? got you got a, sh- a like a minute stretch, a sixty second stretch of the of the video He's where. Driving Big, big is in is in the car. Yo, you knew exactly what I was doing. <laughs> yep, big yep. is in the passenger seat with his cane, and yep. and Puff Daddy is driving in reverse, reverse just in reverse. But that and shit he's was fire, rapping though. while they're driving backwards, <laughs> and the entire force yes, of the yes. U.S. government and everyone is coming there. to everyone capture is there. them. No, helicopter making money. They're just not going to oh, do it. Oh man, I mean. <laughs> We don't. They don't make videos like that anymore, yo. They don't. Yeah. don't. <laughs> it was excellent, and I mean, around the time, right? Like, let's put it in context. We had a uh, victory mm-hmm. on Puff's album yeah. with uh, Busta as the gargoyle at the top right. of the. Uh, 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 the right, a Puff running. I mean, they had the most cinematic videos like in the game, and mm-hmm. add add that to how cinematic this album is, and it's just like. How could they not have been successful? Yeah. Like, how could they not? And so I feel like a guy like Puff, to keep going back, sorry to keep going back to Puff, but a guy like Puff really gets killed on a podcast like this podcast. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you really got to give it to somebody who has a vision. Who's uh, able to to create a vision like this? Puff like, Daddy this as a MC is not He's good and yeah. not worth discussing. Right? No one cares. I don't even think <laughs> he cares so long as you're buying his music. Right. 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 But him as an executive producer, look. Again, I think that the majority of the hip hop catalog and Bad Boy, I think it actually kind of falls short. Mm. But like, you're not gonna hear me talk shit about his hits like the singles mm. and the remixes and all the r&b cuts like that shit is dope right. so and obviously he's dope on this, this as album well. incredible yeah. so yeah i mean i think that's really all i got man um oh one last thing right yeah i keep saying one last thing we talked about how or we've talked about previously how the the kind of disco era of sampling mm-hmm. and you're not a fan of it right well i wasn't it, back then but it kind of it kind of pops up here and there you said yeah. you know i love the dough you're cool with now more money more problems is obviously a disco song sampled we have a few other joints i would say right in here that are like kind of the disco-y thing mm-hmm. uh nasty wars one like what are your thoughts on do you think it just works here but elsewhere you, you don't like it or i mean you're I think more of at the it time i was against it and then when i started getting into hip-hop look the person who really ushered me into you know what hip-hop was sounding like was really mm-hmm. right and that's why i always go back to him i know people probably get tired of me talking about it but that's just where my ear that's like the 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 focal point like that's the I don't know ground zero whatever it's just yeah. the that's just where everything comes back to mm. and so you know getting into the roots and getting into the raucous era and getting into even like biggie's deep cuts whatever right, right? um getting into that stuff obviously the disco samples probably didn't work for me but like in retrospect i don't think i really care okay. especially with you know the fact that look i get down with a lot of this new music 
um, I don't treat it the same way as I treat something like Life After Death, but I yeah. can still enjoy it. Yeah. But there's still a lot that I'm just like, I don't really care about this stuff. And so if yeah. I had to choose between these disco samples mm-hmm. and some of this other stuff that I'm hearing now, like I'm probably going to go with the disco samples. Yeah. The one exception to that, at least from back in the day, that I always liked is the Cool in the Gang sample for Mace. Um, oh, from uh, bad boy. Ben, ben, was it been around the world? No, no, no. Or, um, no. Bad, bad. You make me feel so good. Yeah, which was yeah. the um, um, ho- uptown sw- Hollywood swinging. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hollywood I always swinging. liked that. Yeah, and I kind of felt ashamed over the years that I still <laughs> like that track, but it was like a guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah. So yeah. Mace makes a lot of guilty pleasure music. Yeah. One one other thing we didn't talk about is um the underlying story of another right. and the fact that they claim at least that big was smashing both kim and her sister is that what it was and okay. but it, he talked he actually talks about that like all over this album well, they I'm say that. you tonight he says you know your sister man i used to miss the blah 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 right <laughs> then on on another she talks about like yeah this dude and he's smashing your sister you know blah 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 like what what are you gonna do whatever whatever that's tough it's crazy because then it goes to the the question of was big writing all of kim's rhymes at the time because that's kind of some sick shit to make somebody rap about the fucked up shit that well, you do they claim that little kim at least wrote some of her stuff yeah i don't know either it's way it's, it's, it's fucked up behavior yeah. I, I can see why it's a low light on your part yeah pretty crazy but look with a lot of geniuses you know they're not always the best people right. um and i'm not saying that biggie was a good person but obviously that's problematic behavior either right. way but hey, you know, it's a good it's good to mention it because you want to talk about the totality of everything. Yeah. So Yeah, but anyway, this was a great album. Um one of my favorite albums. It's probably um, my number two hip hop album behind, behind. almost that black on both sides. Oh wow. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know Man, I missed that album. I need to go back and listen. Oh, we'll talk about it eventually. It's, yeah. it's gonna get its it's gonna get its due. Yeah, we're gonna actually ninety eight is like 98 99 is like a big ruckus time frame mm-hmm. so if y'all start to all of a sudden hear us talking about all these <laughs> albums that's why because that that time frame is coming so uh we're gonna have to hit 20 years on those uh do you have anything else about this uh that's really it we're going to do uh on the next episode we're gonna be talking a bit about um our quarter our quarterly report yeah quarterly report so some of the things that have happened thus far in the year um, I know one of the things that I had discussed um, in the, the end of the year episode was that Nipsey Hussle was going to drop an album mm-hmm. and that was my most anticipated album. And we'll be year. talking about that. And so I'll we'll be talking about it. that album, which came out uh, among other things. This will be our chance to discuss albums from 93 and 98 and possibly even 1988 that were good enough to mention and give a little pay a little respect to, but not good enough for an entire episode. So All we'll right. be talking about some of those albums as well. Yeah, so that's going to be the next one. Um, I don't really have anything else, so we'll sign off. Peace. All right, peace. Bang with us, straight up we no angel dust, label us notorious, 
Drug-ass niggas that love the bus, it's strange to us Y'all niggas be scrambling, gambling I'm restaurants with mandolins and violins We just sitting here trying to win, trying not to sin High off weed and lots of gin So much smoke, need oxygen Steadily counting Benjamins Nigga, you should too, if you knew What this game would do to you Been in this shit since 92 Look at all the bullshit I've been through So-called beef with you know who Fucked a few female stars or two Then I blew like niggas blew like Mike Shit, not to be fucked with Motherfucker better duck quick Cause me and my dogs love the buck shit Fuck the luck shit, strictly aim No aspirations to quit the game Spit your game, fuck your shit Grab your cat, call your clip Squeeze your clip, hit the right one Pass that weed, I got the light one All them niggas, I got to fight one All them hoes, I got the light one Our situation is a tight one What you gonna do? Fight or run? Seems to me that you take B Bone and big, nigga die slowly I'ma tell you like a nigga told me Cash roll everything around me Shit, lyrically, niggas can't see me Fuck it, buy the coke, cook the coke, cut it Know the bitch before you call yourself loving it Nigga with a bench, fuck it doesn't it seem all to you? Big come through with mobs and crews. Good fellas down to the most of dudes. Who's the killer? Me or you?